Welcome to Getting Work to Work, a weekly podcast exploring the creative and curious world of work through monologues and conversations with creative entrepreneurs, storytellers, and change makers. Have you ever had a project you wanted to bring to life but struggled to make it happen? Today's guest shares his struggles from taking a dream project and making it a reality. In this conversation, Kyle Schuld unpacks how he overcame multiple barriers, hating the sound of his voice, showing up confident on camera, learning the tools and art of editing, to start his new YouTube channel, View Thunder. He produces curated movie reviews that celebrate the art, design, and cinematic storytelling present in movies he absolutely loves. He shares how burnout in his illustration work led him to find a new outlet for his creativity, working through mistakes and learning curves, and most importantly, knowing when it was time to publish. Show notes and links to all the stuff mentioned in this episode can be found at gwtw.co slash 698. Kyle, welcome back to Getting Work to Work. My gosh, it's been a long time since I've seen you and talked to you. I'm just very excited to uh, have you here today. Oh, thank you, Chris. I'm happy to be here as well. It's good to see you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I don't know if you uh, have answered this question, but it has been a while. What are you endlessly curious about? Well, I probably the same stuff I was curious about before, which is movies <laughs> and art and um, just trying to find what my niche is. You know, I think that that's what I'm curious about these days is trying to find what my exact niche in, uh, I guess life is. (laughs) What are the challenges for you in discovering that? I would say the biggest challenge is just burnout. Um, I'm kind of at this point in my career where like, I don't think I'll ever not like art and not like doing art, but I'm starting to look at it and go, is this, is this what I want to keep doing? I don't, especially in maybe, maybe I shouldn't say this. I don't know, but especially in client work. Yeah. Like I, I get really kind of burnt out dealing with all the ridiculousness that comes with that. You know, like you've been hired to do a job, but they don't want you to do the job that you've been hired to do, you know? So, uh, somebody always knows better. And that's, that's kind of the big thing with artwork is that unlike other services where there's a very objective thing being done and that you can look at it and go, now it works. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I fixed the transmission. Now it works. <laughs> you know, oh, I've, I've fixed the leaky faucet. It no longer drips. Now it works with art. It's like, fix it. Okay. Well, I fixed it. No, that's not how I wanted it fixed. Okay. I want it fixed this way okay, you hired me to do it from my perspective, right? Well, yeah, but we want it this way. Okay, so I do that. Well, you know what? We want to add something else to it. It's just one of those things. (laughs) Burnout is just one of those conversations and topics that is ever present, I think, because of the last three years. It's been so hard to, um, I think, keep that refreshment that is so necessary with our creativity. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not glad to hear that you're, that you're wrestling with it, but I am glad that you have outlets creative wise that, that you are bringing to life. That's one of the, what's one of the reasons why I've kind of branched out to do some other things that are maybe more on the hobby side, you know, putting a little bit more energy into those than 
than other things, just because I need that creative outlet and I need to be able to do it my way. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I've headed. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, for people who don't know you, you are a, an amazing illustrator. Uh, you're you're in my top like tier of illustrators, in my humble opinion. And you're also starting a YouTube channel, or you've started a YouTube channel called View Thunder. Correct. What I mean, what I I, I mean, you've what you've wanted to do this for so long. Why was this the time? I still don't know if it is the time. Actually, um, it's <laughs> one of those things where I love movies. I love talking about movies. I love like all the aspects of movie making and my wife who sees me you know watching reviews or reading reviews or you know sitting on the couch boring her with my input on movies has said you should do a channel probably just so I'll like talk to somebody else but she's been talking to me about you know doing a channel or doing a podcast for boy I don't know three four years now at least and I've said, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that. I wouldn't mind doing that. Last summer, I just kind of got it into my head. Like, you know what? I think now's the time because I just did this big move and it's a different space and it's kind of a reset. And it's like, you know, let, I think I'm going to go for this. And, uh, I started getting some equipment and doing some research and going, okay, I think I'm, I think I'm going to give this a shot. That's so cool. Like what? What were the initial barriers to getting it going? I would say just myself. I, I'm my biggest barrier. I knew from the outset that I wanted to do not just a podcast with voice because I'm talking movies. And even though I listen to podcasts about movies, I thought that for me, you know, if I was going to come at it from my point of view, I'm going to talk about certain things, especially in a you know, kind of bringing the artwork side to it, I need to have a visual component. And so I knew I wanted to do uh, YouTube rather than just a podcast. And I thought, you know, there's other channels that just do faceless reviews where they're looping the same footage over and over again. And I thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do what some other reviewers do, which is put myself on camera, which is extremely, extremely uncomfortable for me. It was, that was a massive barrier to get through, to see myself, to hear myself, to try and present myself in such a way that like is me, Mm -hmm. but also like not just conversational, but like, you know, putting on a show of some sort, right? Like not, not quite as animated as a newscaster, like there's somewhere in between. So, I mean, really that's been the the biggest barrier for me is just myself of like, how do I want to do this? Am I right for this? There's been massive ups and downs and, and, you know, self berating. So. <laughs> well, and it's, it's hard because you're editing yourself too. So not only are you the performer, but you are the, the critical editor who is looking at it from a different lens and everything that you've read about from the, you know all of the, the the things beyond the frame that that people talk about in film production that there's a reason editors don't go to the, the to the set very often because they're clouded by all these things and and so when you're editing your own stuff it makes sense that you would struggle with with how you're coming across 
Well, and it wasn't, it's not even just the editing. It's the, just being on camera (laughs) and standing there and talking to basically, you know, talking to no one. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of experience with that. In fact, I don't really have any experience with it of, of like speaking to the camera or being on camera. I've always been somebody that's been in the, the production side of it, the behind the scenes side of it. And, you know, I'd get on camera and I would just freeze up. You know, there's all these, there's all these things like right now I'm sitting here, I'm talking to you, you're on camera. I can see your face. We're having a conversation Mm -hmm. for some reason when I put the camera on, and it's just this lens pointed at me and there's maybe nobody else in the room. I don't know what the heck I'm supposed to say. Like, and (laughs) even though I've got, even though I've got all these things like, okay, I could sit here and talk to somebody for hours about a movie. Right. And not miss a beat. But the minute it's just me sitting in a room with a camera, I suddenly have no clue what I'm talking about and I can't find the words and I'm, I'm stumbling and I'm humming and I'm hawing and uh, yeah. Anyway, it's that's been a massive barrier. I'm reminded of uh, something that Errol Morris, who's a documentarian, who he created this technology using teleprompters that allows you to broadcast the, your image onto a teleprompter in front of a lens, so that as he's interviewing people, they're looking directly into the lens, but they're looking at him basically and vice. So Uh, um, that's how they're able to get that looking directly into the lens, like they're staring into your soul. And I remember it was, uh, I think it was called the fog of war about with Robert McNamara, where he really used that technology to good use. Well, I've, I actually have started using, and it's probably pretty obvious. I'm not very good at it using a teleprompter because I went through so many trial and errors of trying to get this YouTube channel put together, trying to figure out, you know, I mean, it started out with just notes upon notes upon notes of what do I want this to be? How, how is it different from everything else I see? What, what's my point of view? What is my structure? What's the format? And I like recorded, I don't know how many dozens of videos that will never see the light of day. (laughs) join your patreon to get the behind the scenes footage oh my yeah seriously i would that would be oh i don't know if i could stomach it (laughs) yeah there's just dozens of videos where i'm just like okay this should be this should this should take me about 15 minutes and then like almost an hour later i've got really nothing because it just it's wandering it it my what i'm talking about is meandering there's no focus there's no structure I I'm trying to find the words I want to say. And so I, I went, okay, well I need maybe to do an outline. So I'd start with doing an outline with like bullet points that I'd have on paper in front of me. And even then I'm like, I, I forget something because again, I, that camera goes on and I go brain dead and I'm like missing what I want to say. And there's all these things that these points that I want to hit and I get done with a review and I go, well, I didn't talk about the costumes or I didn't talk about the film score. or I didn't talk about this. Right. So then I'm like, okay, well, I need to write a full script. And if I'm going to write a full script, I need to be able to look at it in the camera. So I ended up getting a teleprompter that I use with an oh, iPad nice. and I write a full script that I'm maybe hoping one day I can kind of start to get away from, or at least get better at reading the teleprompter. So, it, so that I'm not, it's not so obvious, <laughs> but, um, 
yeah, it's one of those things where if I want to be able to be on camera, which is uncomfortable in the first place and hit all the points that I want to hit for a review, I literally have to have it spelled out in front of me in my own words that I've typed. Otherwise I'm going to miss something and I'm going to miss the structure of what I want to say. And so that's, that's just how it's got to be for me. (laughs) I think you do a fantastic job. It doesn't come across like you're overly reading. I mean, your, your latest video, you're a lot more comfortable than some of your earlier ones. So you, you are demonstrably getting better. So kudos to you for that. Oh, thanks. I mean, that's, that's why I ended up launching when I, when I did is just because I know I didn't really feel like I was ready. Like, I don't think I would have ever felt like I was ready. And these things would have just been sitting in the wings and I'm like, forget it. I'm just launching now. Here we go. Um, and I, I actually delayed it. I I was going to launch on one day and I delayed it by almost a week because I was re-editing things. (laughs) My original premise was it was, it was going to be much more uncut. It was going to be much more like I'm having a conversation Mm -hmm. and there wouldn't be any cuts or changes to the cadence and you'd, you know, if I had to take a breath or if I had to swallow or if I had to pause, that's what it was going to be. It was going to be much more like a regular live podcast. And I did that and I, I sent you one of them. I sent, sent them out to some other people for reviews and a lot of like what I was getting back was, you know, you, you got to take out those swallows. You got to take out those hums or you got to take out those pauses. You've got to, you've got to cut it a little faster. And so I, took that feedback and thought, you know, they, I think they have a point here because even though I've got the specific way I wanted to do it, it is still a little slow and maybe people don't want to sit there and, and listen to that, especially in a visual component. Yeah. And so I went back in and recut like the first few videos I had completely. And all of a sudden the cadence of it started moving and changing the frame size and things. And I was like, oh, I'm, glad i actually revisited this <laughs> that's so cool when when you're working on this channel how does your love for movies really help you to explore and be open to re-editing and open to the notes and open to the feedback of others because you know when when you're coming at it from you know a client driven illustrator you know sometimes feedback and notes as we talked about aren't really helpful but in this case, the feedback and notes were helpful and you were open to them. Well, I was only open to them because I asked oh. for them. <laughs> um, you know, I'm a stubborn <laughs> perfectionist that really doesn't want feedback unless I've specifically asked for it. And so um, <laughs> I'm exactly the same. <laughs> so putting that stuff out there, I was always, I was already like asking for the feedback. Like, this is what I'm expecting yeah. from you, like tear it yeah. apart. Right. Um, and so if I'm, if I'm sitting there and working on something and it's either not done and somebody's giving me feedback, well, you know, please step off a cliff or something. But if it's something I've specifically asked for, yeah, I'm, I'm totally open to that. But again, it's only to a certain point. I mean, I was told certain things like, oh, well, you know, that, that opener, you should truncate that maybe later on. Some people don't have to sit through it. I'm like, no, I like it. I'm keeping it. So at some point, I probably will make a shorter version, but at this point in time, I like it how it is, and I'm going to leave it that way. <laughs> Are you channeling any reviewers that you particularly like, or is this all 100% your voice, your vision, how you see things? 
Um, am I channeling them in such a way of like repeating what they say? No, more or... of just like how they would approach a review or how they think about a review. Cause I, I think there's some critics and reviewers out there that have a really interesting point of view and others are just hateful, mean spirited critics. Oh, right. Well, I definitely have looked at a lot of reviews, you know, ones that have already been watching to kind of see what they're doing, what I like, what I don't like. What it came down to for me with this channel was what is unique about what I bring to it. And for a long time, I didn't know what that answer was. And it was really just simple of it's my point of view. I mean, nobody else has my point of view. We may, all reviewers may repeat each other every now and then, but what can I bring to it? Things that I see in an artistic sense. And so that's why I say, you know, it's curated movie reviews, celebrating art design and cinematic storytelling, because I want to be able to touch on those art and design things. I see a lot of reviewers that just kind of, uh, they'll go through the plot point by point for 20 minutes and they'll basically tell you the movie from beginning to end every piece for 15 to 20 minutes. And I'm like, I don't understand how that's a review. And so I really want my reviews like you know we were talking before the recording how you said that the review made you want to watch the movie that's that's what i want to get to i don't want to give you everything in fact one of my biggest issues writing a script is trying not to say things (laughs) and there's i you know these these reviews i could go on for four hours on but i go okay they got to be you know 12 to 15 minutes whatever and so there's a lot of things that i just don't touch on that kind of hurt my soul sometimes um just because it's like oh that's that's such a cool thing why didn't i mention that well somebody's got to discover it for themselves <laughs> exactly. and so i really i really want to touch on that plot very basically in the beginning and then touch on a few little spoiler things of of things that i point out that i really like and the rest of the movie just kind of like if you want to watch it i haven't given you everything you're going to get the experience for it Yeah. And I love that you focus on those artistic components as well, especially when you take a movie like Fright Night, where you get to talk about not only the history of the genre, but you get to point out things like practical effects and how they were doing at that period of time that felt more real than what maybe you see today. Yeah, I think that that, all that stuff is really important. I mean, I have no problem with CGI stuff, but I do think that the the days of practical effects really had some awesome stuff that you look at and go, what they did is just amazing and it should be celebrated in some way. And I mean, beyond just a review like yours, I mean, broadly speaking, how can we celebrate that stuff more? How can we celebrate it more? Um, I think just discovering it. I think that there's a, there's a big problem. Maybe it's not a problem. Maybe I'm wording it wrong, but I feel like everybody wants what's new, 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 new. The streaming services are always going, what's the new content? Here's a new movie. Here's another new movie. Here's a new series. All this stuff just comes and goes, comes and goes. And it's always new. Meanwhile, there is literally a century of cinema that people could be discovering. And there's some people that are just like, I don't want to watch black and white movies. How could you not want to watch black and white movies when you are missing out on some amazing storytelling and storytelling that you don't see today? 
-hmm. You're seeing acting styles. You're seeing editing styles. You're seeing editing that maybe they don't even do today. That like, I'll watch a movie that's 70 years old and they'll make this cut and I go, holy cow, they don't do that kind of stuff now, (laughs) you know, or, or a storytelling thing where it's like maybe the big sleep, you know, Humphrey Bogart's the big sleep where there's this, there's this famous plot point of like who killed, I think it was the chauffeur or something. And nobody knows who killed the chauffeur, nobody in the story, nobody who wrote the movie, the director, nobody knows who killed the chauffeur. And yet there's a plot point. And today that sort of thing would just be ripped apart on, you know, Twitter where they're going, boy, they don't know what they're doing. And yet here's this classic movie (laughs) where you've got this awesome little plot point that really doesn't need to be there. And yet it's still a great movie. Or they um, spoil it in the trailer. Or they spoil it in the trailer, which <laughs> um, I always I always thought spoiling it in the trailer was a new thing, but you'll watch movies from like, or trailers from like the 50s where they're like four minutes long. Yeah. And they pretty much show you the entire movie beat for beat right up to the end for four minutes with voiceover, with cards saying, you know, <laughs> but the terror is coming for, you know, it's like, really, they this has always been a problem. Yeah. I love that discovery of old. And recently, my wife and I rented Dracula from the library, the Bella Lugosi Dracula. Right. And it was like I was just sitting there watching it and it felt so slow, yet so fast and still held my attention. It was really weird. It was like there was no music and and yet you're in the story. You're you're captivated. And right. There was there were things done that just blew my mind that seemed so daring, so risky. Yes, that's something that like I I talked about it I think in the uh, uh, the Godzilla review, which is the willful immersion. Yes, as opposed to you know suspension of disbelief. Yes, like you go into it going, okay, well this is when the movie was made. This is what they had to work with. I'm going to put myself in that in that era in that decade in that mindset and not just like okay i'm going to turn my brain off to things and just hopefully i enjoy it no you want to immerse yourself in what that film is and drag you know 1931's dracula it is it's it's weird that like there's no film score and i i believe uh philip glass actually did a film score for it that you can it might be on the dvd or the blu-ray where you can like listen to it both ways with his newer score and with without and um yeah it's it's weird to watch something like that where you're used to a certain thing you're used to a certain cadence and sometimes it's possible and sometimes it's not like speaking of dracula like the the book i read the book dracula a few years back and i can barely get through it i'm trying to immerse myself in it but it's just chapter after chapter of like well Poor Lucy's drained of blood again. What are we going to do next chapter? Boy, she's drained again. What are we going to do? It's like, holy cow, guys, you need to get it together. <laughs> I know you're probably paid by word, Brom, but come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of my favorite components of your reviews is the focus on physical media. And so I love not only that you're celebrating physical media, but you're talking about what transfer you watched, the the quality of it. And I think that's something that really stands out in terms of what you're talking about as well. Yeah, there's there's a lot of channels that talk physical media these days. And 
one of the things I wanted to not do with mine was get too technical. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't want to start talking about the size of the Blu-ray disc, you know, as far as, you know, how many gigabytes is it? I didn't want to start talking about bit rate. You know, I, I didn't want to get so technical that somebody like starts to fall asleep if you're not totally into that sort of thing. Right. And so I keep, I keep it pretty general. At least I try to anyway, uh, where, you know, I talk about film grain, I talk about black levels or color and all of this stuff, but I don't get into this, this technical jargon of, you know, well, it's encoded with this, you know, this, this codec of some sort, right? I don't, I don't want to get into that stuff. But I also want to kind of tell people like, hey, physical media is still a thing. Like you can still go out and buy Blu-rays and DVDs. DVDs are like still the biggest part of the market share. Yeah. Um, even though you've got Blu-rays with better resolution, you've got 4K with better resolution. People are still, if they buy physical media, most people are buying DVDs. That's perfectly fine. Uh, I, I, from my point of view, I think it's crazy. If you've got Blu-ray, Right. Why would you buy DVD? It's, <laughs> no. it's, it's kind of like people that would still buy VHS when you had DVD, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I want to share that stuff. I think that's important to me. And I, I will be covering things that are streaming at some point. I don't want to leave that out, but I don't want to focus on like scoops. There's a lot of channels that focus on, okay, here's this newest thing that's out on Netflix. I'm going to review it now. Here's this newest thing that's out on in the theaters. I'm going to go see it. Thursday night preview so that my review can be up Friday. Right. Um, or even Thursday night. Like I'm not, I'm not interested in scooping anybody. So if I cover a movie from 1985, you know, it's been there, done that. So what's new about it? Well, what I have to say, hopefully. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's great. Cause Christina, my wife watches a lot of movie reviewers. And I, I think my favorite one that she watches, his name is Chris Duckman. And he, Oh yes. He only reviews movies that he likes. And it's kind of that same approach where, yeah, he's seeing the latest things, but we always know when he likes a movie then because, oh, he did a review on it. He must have liked it. Boy, I, I, I've watched Stuckman and I've watched, you know, some other, some guy, other guys too. I don't know if Stuckman really, like I've seen some negative reviews from him. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something that I'm going to try and I'm actually trying to avoid is mm-hmm. doing negative reviews. So like, that's literally what I'm going for is like, if I'm reviewing it, it's probably because I love it. Oh, that's cool. And, and if I, because I, I don't want to waste time on, on something. I don't want to do a hate review. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of effort to, you know, write a script, film it, gather all the elements, do all the design work for the, you know, the little graphics and stuff, and then edit it all together. And that's a lot of work for something that you don't like. (laughs) And there's. You know, Cinema Sins does that all the time. I don't know. I don't. Personally speaking, I can't stand that channel because why would you spend so much time ripping apart something in such a vicious way? Yeah, there's also Cinema Wins, which is <laughs> they celebrate right, right. But uh, you're absolutely right. And since you mentioned the graphics, I love how you use the lower third to communicate additional information. I, I think I've learned more from your lower thirds uh, just about what things are actually called than I did probably in college. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I like doing that stuff. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, well, if I'm going to have a visual component, why just use my voice to, to talk when like literally every news station or entertainment channel 
has on-screen graphics that are saying, hey, this is what's coming up next, or this is what we're talking about now, or here's an added piece of information, you know, here's a ticker, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Where I can, I can enhance, especially if I've like, you know, sometimes I've, I've spent the time writing out a script, hitting all the things I want to hit, recording it. And then I sit down to start to edit it and I go, oh, I didn't mention this or I could have embellished on this piece of information. Well, now I've got this great visual element that I can put in there that can some, you know, somebody can read it. Interesting. I love how that's almost coming after the fact then so that you can kind of shape it from all aspects, not just what are, what are the vocal points that you're delivering, but how can you continue telling that story in essence with the visual components? It's one of those things where I try to plan it out of like, when I'm writing the script, I make notes of like where I want a graphic. Right. But then when you get to editing, you find like, oh, I've got this added piece of space that's maybe a little too long or it needs something that I miss. And so there's this kind of nonlinear approach to it. Yeah. Thank you, George Lucas, uh, <laughs> where I can, I can start adding things in and gathering elements in it. It happens all the time where I, you know, every, every review I've done so far, I have a list of, of graphic elements. I want these stills. I want this piece of video. I want, uh, this logo or this, this image, right? And then I gather all those and then I start laying them in, in my editorial process. And it always, I find that like, oh, I, I could have added this piece. I could have added that. Like the Fright Night one that, that just went up today was actually going to go up yesterday. And I delayed it because I had this like 40 second area in the video that I was talking about something. I could not find the graphic or the, the, the footage that I wanted. And so I had to kind of wait and track that down further. And I, I was going to post it. I'm like, ah, oh, forget it. I don't need that. And it just, it just ate at me. It yeah. just was eating it. Like, oh no, I got to have this and nobody's waiting on it. I don't have, it's not like I have a deadline. It's all self-imposed. <laughs> How are you finding the footage? A lot of it through YouTube. Some of it, I actually just film off of my own TV. Okay. I wait until, in fact, the footage I'm talking about in the Fright Night, I filmed last night, but I've got to wait until it's dark. Yeah. And I've got to, you know, make sure all the lights are off. And then I just set up the camera with the tripod and I set it at a distance and I do a little bit of a zoom and I make, I, I get my brightness level down. So I'm not getting lines on TV as much. And I just film it up there and then I crop it. Nice. Because there's, there's only so much online that people have. And one of the things I found that like, I had misremembered how it was cut and I found the, I found the footage that I wanted. And I laid it into my edit and then I put in the movie and was watching it. I'm like, they edited it wrong. Like they actually cut it and did this soft transition where there isn't one. And I'm glad I caught that because I would have found it later and been like, man, what an idiot. How did I miss that? So yeah. I actually went in and re-edited that into it and changed it out. So there's all these little things that like, oh, I, I should have caught that earlier. Oh, interesting. I always love the kind of behind the scenes insider baseball conversation around how you do things. Cause I think one of the, the challenges of, of doing anything where you're talking about like film or music is you want to see, or you want to hear. And, and that can be a challenge in, 
the world of blocking and demonetization and all of the things that are done to prevent people from celebrating, I think, the things that we love. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's so much that has gone on behind the scenes trying to put this channel together that it's just been a massive learning curve. That's what I keep telling everybody is that this has just been a months and months long learning curve because I thought when I started it, I thought it'd be fairly straightforward. Like, this is what I want to do. And I, you know, I, I would watch other reviewers and it seems like they're just walking over, sitting down at their desk, turning on their, their camera and going for it. Yeah. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, they shut it off and they upload it. I'm like, okay, well, I, I think I can do that. And I'd get in front of a camera and I'd start talking and I'd be flubbing everything I want to say. And then other times there's, there was, there's whole, there's whole times where I've recorded for an hour and my, uh, microphone was disconnected. And <laughs> right. so there's, there's little, the footage is just me with the talk, like a um, flapping mouth yeah. with no sound. And I'm, are you kidding me? And other times where the camera just, oh, the, 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 uh, memory card's full. It stopped recording yeah. like 30 minutes ago. You know, there's, <laughs> there's just mistake after mistake. And I, you know, I, you, I get, I get upset about it, but then, you know, it's like my wife keeps telling me like, it's the only way you're going to get better at this. And it's the same stuff I tell my kids. Like my kids will get mad because they made a mistake and I'm like, calm down. This is how you learn. And then it happens to me and I'm like, I friggin' darn. Ah. <laughs> <Right. laughs> how has working on this channel helped you to enjoy movies even more? I think it's just an extension of how I already enjoy them. I think that it's just a matter of it's more like changing how I approach talking about them. Like, yeah, I have to have, you know, it's a video. It's a, it's, it's also for entertainment purposes and it's got to have a structure and a format, at least from my point of view, it's got to have a structure and a format. That was something I really went back and forth on the whole time. And so when I am now taking notes on a movie and I, one of my things is that if I haven't seen a movie at least twice, I'm not going to do a review on it. So I'm not going to just like watch this new movie, like, oh, it just hit Netflix or I just saw it in the theater. I've seen it once and now I'm going to write a review on it. I've, I've kind of learned my lesson on that because there's been so many movies in the past that I've gone to or I've rented or I've watched on streaming or in the theater and I walk out and I'm like, geez, what a, what a piece of garbage or I can't believe they did this or man, I just really didn't enjoy that part. And then a year later or 10 years later, I'll watch that same movie and I'll be like, how did I miss how good this is? And you can, you can easily get caught up in the moment, either technically, maybe you're just not in the mood. Maybe you've got something else on your mind. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you've gone in with expectations that aren't met. Maybe, uh, it, you just wanted something different, right? Mm -hmm. You went into a movie, maybe you had no expectations, but you really wanted something else. And you walk out going, you know, complaining about it when really it's on you that you didn't get what you wanted. And then you watch it with all of that baggage later and it's much more enjoyable. And so if I can watch a movie at least a couple times, get a, get more of a solid opinion on it and then approach it going, okay. I want to talk about the plot. I want to talk about this scene specifically. I want to 
talk about this costume. I want to talk about this makeup. I want to talk about this actor or this director's choice or how they edited this. Now I've got to take that and go, where do I, where do I lay that into my review? So it's really much more about how I approach it in the, in the structure of it rather than just this nebulous discussion. It's like, where do I put these pieces? And even though my notes may be unstructured, I then have to take those pieces and put them together. So I go, okay, this doesn't go up front in the spoiler area. This could be a spoiler, right? I want this to go in the back. So yeah. somebody could watch my review and go, okay, here's the plot. Here's some general ideas. Here's what the, what I watched it on. And then, oh, oh spoilers. I want to stop it here. You know, <laughs> right. that sort of thing. Oh, that's so cool. We've talked a lot in person, online for, for many years now. And I got to say that from my perspective, this is the most confident, the most engaged, the most excited you've been about something, creatively speaking, that I've experienced in a long time. And I'm just really glad that you've put yourself out there and doing this because I, I just see something different in you. Well, I mean, you know, you know me, I, I can, I can talk about movies forever. I mean, I probably annoy so many people because that's really, <laughs> you know, there's so much going on in the world, you know, whether it's, you know, politically or just, you know, all these, you know, tragedies or the chaos that go on. It's like, I just like movies are my, you know, they're my drug, you know, I'm able to kind of escape what's going on. I love sitting down watching a movie one of my favorite times now these days and actually for for a couple of years now is is watching movies early in the morning because i tend to get up before everybody else mm -hmm. and so i can put on a movie that like no you know nobody even if nobody else wants to watch it i get to watch it i don't have to hear anybody's comments about it and i don't have to i don't have to listen to anybody's noise going on i can put on the headphones i can sit in a quiet house i can watch this movie and i can be thrilled and I can be amazed or I can be sad or I can be scared or, you know, whatever it is. And being able to have this outlet where now it's like, okay, I get to take this piece of art and kind of turn it into another piece of art in a way mm -hmm. of like, well, how do I, how do I do that? How, what kind of graphics does it need? What, what's, what kind of editing can I put into it? All these things that like I've, I've read about or learned about or watched, I'm now trying to put into practice for my own purpose. Yeah. And I feel like I have a good idea theoretically of editing, but then when you start to put it into practice, it's like, oh, there's a lot more here to learn. And I feel like I'm constantly learning that, right? I could start out months ago going, oh, sure. I know how to edit. I know what to, I know how to do a cadence. <laughs> but then when you start to actually do it and you watch the footage back, you're like, yeah, this is, this isn't working the way I want it to. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, that's really is the, the excitement has been, and it's, there's been some unexcitement too. Like, I think I mentioned a while back there, I just got really discouraged just doing these things where it's just like, nothing's working. Like, things are shutting down or I'm, I'm not liking what I say, or, oh my gosh, the sound of my voice is bothering the heck out of me. It's just like, I need to get more confident like you said i need to be more confident on camera and i feel like slowly i'm getting there but again it's going to take time 
I I'm I was laughing when you said there's always something to learn with editing because I've been editing for probably 20 plus years now and I still learn something every time I cut something. So just keep going. You'll keep learning. <laughs> well, it you know, it's like anything. You have that you can have a theoretical view of it. You can sit there. It's just like movie. It's like reviewing a movie, right? I anybody can sit there and watch a movie and go, this sucked and this is why it sucked. Or why didn't that character make this decision? Or why didn't the director do this? But then when you sit down and have to make something from whole cloth, if you were to actually be told, okay, go out and make a movie, well, good luck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I see parallels in your work as an illustrator and what you're doing with the YouTube channel in terms of process. What, what kind of parallels are you seeing? Because like, if you're doing a beer label, for example, you, you have to, in a sense, gather all the elements and, and create all this stuff. Moving forward, how do you think this work with the YouTube channel will affect your illustration work? Yeah, talking about the process, I mean, when I'm doing an illustration, you know, you've got to, again, you've got to have a template, whether that's like a poster, like what size is the poster? Or like you said, a label, what, what size is the label? There's certain things that has to go on the label, right? If it's a beer label, you've got to have room for the barcode. You got to have room for the government warning. You've got to have the how many fluid ounces in it what's the what's the abv for it what's the what's the address of the brewery you have all of these specific items that have to be on that template and then you've got to figure out how to fit what you want into that template every time and you then have to like you said gather these elements and maybe start rough like you'll start out with a with a thumbnail sketch you'll start out with a then they go to a pencil sketch you'll go Maybe you'll start to ink it. Maybe you've got to go back and change something. So you've got to take out the ink and do another pencil on something and redo that. Then you go to color and you go, oh, well, the the client needs this change. So you've got to go back like three steps to change something to work your way forward again. And it's kind of similar to putting these videos together. Like I said earlier, like, okay, I have this plan and the template, I, you know, this, when I talk about structure, that's what I mean is like, okay, I've got, I want, what's my template for each video? because I want to kind of streamline it. I don't want to be guessing every single video of how this is going to go together. So I would put that together. I'd make notes. I go, I want these elements. And then I'd get to a certain point and go, oh, I actually need another piece of footage here. Or I need a piece of, or I need a graphic here that I, w- I didn't think about. Or, you know, there's one point where I did a voiceover on, so I think it was on Field of Dreams where I did a voiceover. Like it was actually a piece of footage that I, had in there or wanted to put in there, but I didn't record anything for it earlier. So I'm like, oh, now I've got to do a, a separate voiceover for it. So there's all of these like, okay, I've gone three steps. Now I got to go four <laughs> steps back. Now I'm going two steps forward. I'm going a step yeah. back. I'm, you know, it's like I said, that nonlinear structure, which is exactly how I do artwork, where I can get to a point, which is what's beautiful about the, all these digital tools. I'm working digitally with illustration. I'm working digitally with video. And so you can kind of go back and forth in a non-destructive way and just make it as, as good as you can until you're ready to just push it out the door and go, well, I hope it's ready. I really appreciate that insight, though, because oftentimes when creatives do something that's not in their like lane or wheelhouse, it's often poo-pooed. It's often said, oh, you need to stay in your lane. But it's, 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 it's interesting how there's so many connections like in process, in, in the way that you approach things. So 
I'm glad that you, you mentioned that. Yeah. I've, I've never, like, I don't, I don't understand that at all when somebody says stay in your lane. Like I, why there's, there's so many other things to do and explore and, and why not give it a try? Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm glad that you're doing it. I'm glad you're trying because, you know, it gives me encouragement to keep going myself. I, I know that seems maybe strange to you, but like when, when I see a new video pop up, it's, it's just like, yes, Kyle's doing it. I can do it too. You know? And, and I think that's why we need to just continually put ourselves out there so that we encourage other people to do it too. Well, it's funny you say that, you know, we're going to get into this, Hey, let's pat each other on the back thing. But I mean, you've been, <laughs> you've been, a <laughs> you've been an inspiration as well. I mean, you've had this podcast going for a long time and it's always been like, you know, well, look, look what Chris is doing and he's, he's doing this great thing. And he, you post pictures of like the notes you're taking for the next episode. And you, you have these graphics you put up for that and you, you promote it and you've got these, these, you know, you've done these awesome video documentaries on, on other artists and things around town where it's just like, look at all these, all these projects you're putting together. Like, I would like to do something like that. Like, I, why not? Yeah. And, and you are, and I think that's, what's so cool. You know, just, uh, let's just mutually pat each other on the back. But <laughs> honestly though, I think we need more of that. I think we need more of that, just encouragement and celebration of people because it can be really hard to celebrate yourself. Like when you take these steps and, and so I hope that you are finding time to celebrate just how much you've grown creatively in this process. Well, it hasn't been without a lot of growing pains. I mean, yeah. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at the footage as I'm editing. Going, why did I just do a podcast? Why, why am I looking at myself? Why, uh -huh. why did, why did I choose to go on camera when I could have just, you know, sat down with a microphone in front of the computer, but you know, I, I have to do things the hard way, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what is the next movie that you're going to review? That's a good question. I have several on the list. I have several uh, scripts that are in various stages, and it's kind of whatever I want to kind of jump into. I'm I'm toying with the idea of doing Raiders of the Lost Ark next. For me personally, that is a huge movie. That's a huge undertaking that like, I don't think I can cram everything that I would want to say into a 12 minute video. Right. So I'm trying, I'm looking at different ways of like focusing on certain aspects only, and then doing that from my point of view of going, okay, well, how many reviews out there have talked about the plot, right? And said, okay, well, this is good, but here's my four stars, which is something else I'm not doing. I'm not doing any rating. If you're watching a movie and he, if you get to the end of one of my movie reviews and you don't know how I feel about it, then that's probably a big failure on my part. I don't need stars. So yeah, I, I'm thinking of doing, I'm doing that where I'm focusing on just a couple, maybe a couple specific scenes within the movie and going, Hey, let's, let's delve into this. Yeah. There's so much out there too about almost every frame in the movie that has been talked about to a certain degree. Exactly. But, I, but it's never not lost on me when I see like, oh, look at this matte painting of the Jeep going off the cliff and how it tracks right. the matte painting. And you're just like, incredible. Right. Yeah. Right. Or just taking that chase 
mm-hmm. and going, okay, here's my review of Raven's Lost Ark. We're going to focus just on the chase, which is something I've been, I've been thinking about and nice. going, we're just going to focus on this. We're, we're going to dive into the storytelling of it, of why this edit works. And as the music ramps up here, or maybe like, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the chase in the Cairo market. And, yeah. you know, as you know, I, uh, can crack whips. So maybe I'll go out in the park and show how the Cairo crack is done. So <laughs> that's perfect. Well, Kyle, where can people find your channel? I'll obviously put it in the notes, but it's always great for people listening to hear it directly from your mouth too. Well, I'm a uh, view thunder on YouTube. I'm also on rumble and then on Twitter, it's at view thunder, um, on Instagram at view thunder. And then if you are one of the six people in the world that use Barrow. Uh, I am just at Kyle Schold on that one, uh, which I think more people should use Barrow. You should check it out. It's a great platform. Awesome. Well, Kyle, as always, it is a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for just putting out new art into the world. And uh, I can't wait to see what's next, not only on your channel, but with your illustration work, because I do, again, think that you are in the top tier of illustrators and i just think you're brilliant i really appreciate that thank you chris thank you for having me on if you are a film lover like kyle like myself be sure to check out his channel view thunder on youtube i have the link in the show notes at gwtw.co slash 698 for easy access and if you too have a project that you've been working on and feel like you're ready to launch but you're dragging your feet consider this a gentle prodding to take the steps and hit that big scary publish button when you're on the other side of pressing that button the feeling is exhilarating frightening and everything in between but it's worth doing so do it until next time may creativity and curiosity fuel your life